0: Hashem call Yisrael. So, in honor of Yat Kislev, which is approaching this Friday night, I wanted to share a few stories about the Alta Rebbe to bring us a little bit of uh, inspiration to open up our hearts and understand uh, what Chasidis is all about. So, first off, obviously, all of our Torah should serve as a protection, should open up the wellsprings of bracha and, and protection and Fuashlema for anyone who needs it. Obviously, we're not doing this as a disconnect from the situation, from the terrible terrorist act that happened this morning, but as instead as our way of fighting terror through more joy, through more simcha, through more Torah. Um, as one of our head commanders was telling us yesterday, ultimately the goal of uh, these terrorists is to make us feel like Israel is not a place to raise our children, make us feel like Israel is not a place that you can walk around and, and just live. Happy life. So, in a way, we're we're fighting them by just going on as hard as it is and uh, continuing to be the the shining lights that we are. So, what is Yad Kissa? So, Shneir Zalman Liadi, the author of the Tanya, and um, known as the Alter was one of the descendants of the Baal Shem Tov, and he spread the te- teachings of Hasidus, of Kabbalah, the secrets of Torah, making Torah more powerful, the essence of Torah, the spiritual understandings of Torah, uh, far and wide. And, of course, there were those at the time who felt that this was inappropriate. Back then, they were called the misnagdim, and they didn't agree. They had many questions on this uh, Hasidic way of life. Thank God, nowadays, even people who call themselves misnagdim, uh, you know, like i daven at the Groshul and shaykh. Uh, Chesed, and it's uh, full of uh, singing and and joy and Hasidic melodies. So clearly, we're hundreds of years past this. Our misnagdim are not uh, at all. We're all a blend of both Hasidic and misnagid in our wonderful generation. But back then, uh, there was a lot of people who did not agree uh, with Shneur Zalman's Derech, and the year was 1798. And at the time, Reshneir Zalman lived in Russia. Russia was at war with Turkey. There was a war going on. And apparently, uh, Reshneir Zalman was still uh, raising money and giving tzedakah to poor people in Israel. And Israel was under the Shilton of Turkey. So it looked like he was giving money to the enemy. So apparently, some Samisnagdim uh, ratted him out. Um, I imagine it wasn't uh, great people. I imagine it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't leaders, but in any case, it happened. And uh, he was thrown into jail. And he was taken to St. Petersburg. And many of the Hasidim were concerned. You know, St. Petersburg was the type of jail that it's a one-way ticket. You go in, you don't come out. And they were concerned that he was going to be stuck there forever. And they were very, very concerned. They were davening, they were praying, they were doing everything they could. And, bar- and this is uh, right after Simchas Torah, when he was arrested. mostly Simchas Torah. So the analogies are, are obviously sad in parallel. And on Yat Kislev, uh, he was freed. The, the, the claims against him were all proven to be untrue. And they could see that he was a holy man and he went free. And he understood this as a siman min a sign from the heavens, that he should continue his holy work of spreading the deeper essence of Torah, of, of Hasidus. And that's how it was understood by him and his Hasidim. And to this day, Chabad, Hasidim, and now really many, many types of Hasidim celebrate this as a day of celebrating the depth of Hasidus and Kabbalah. So, first off, you know, it's uh, you know, poignant, the fact that there was infighting, even amongst religious Jews, and that led to this discord. Um, and then um, certainly something that is worth thinking about. And I'm sure everyone has been talking about how it's clear that Hashem wants us to come more ba'achdus in this time. And the achdus that Am Yisrael has experienced during this war is unprecedented, unbelievable, all over the place. Certainly here in the Israeli army, you feel it. Just the joy, the camaraderie, the warmth. And uh, the, the Indian is that we got to find a way to ha- have this open up our hearts and continue uh, till Mashiach, not just during the war. But what I wanted to share... There's four Hasidic stories uh, about the Alter Rebbe in honor of the Alter Rebbe with uh, some lessons that we can teach, take from it. And I borrowed uh, these stories from, you know, these, some of these Hasidic stories are, are well-known. Uh, there's a lot of books out there. Uh, there's a lot of shirim out there. Um, so uh, I imagine that some of the details are a little different, but the essence of the story is absolutely true and accurate. And Hasidic stories are a serious thing. Uh, they're, they're meant to convey real-life lessons, so uh, we'll try our best. So let's start with the following story. The Altar Rebbe was once on his roof, doing his thing, and his son, Dovbear, hey, his son, who would later become a great Chesek master, was learning, and Dovber was very intense when he was learning. There was nothing else that existed. He was just studying very, very hard. And apparently, there was a boy, and the boy fell, and he was crying. Some say there was a baby. Same idea. He was crying, and Rav Dober did not notice that this boy was crying because he was so intensely learning. And the Altar Rebbe came and said, if your learning is causing you to not pay attention to the crying of another Jew, then you're missing the point of the Torah. That's not the Derech of Hasidus. So clearly, what this story is trying to convey to us is that the Torah that we learn has to deepen our connection to Am Yisrael, deepen our, our feelings of empathy. And, you know, the great Rebbes would always make time for other people. Their Torah would never get in the way of caring for other people, but rather the opposite it would enhance our connection with other people. Shlomo would always say it's so important that when we're learning, you know, sometimes people pass the yeshiva bakr and they, they don't like him, they're not happy. And other times people pass the yeshiva bakr who aren't connected to Torah and they love him. What's the difference? Whether the yeshiva bacher was really learning for the sake of kolam um, Yisrael or he was just learning for himself. So our the way we look at the world affects the way people look back at us. Just look at this week's Parsha. When Yaakov Avinu, look, look at Esau with eyes of love. Asa looked back at him with with eyes of love, um, and he kissed him, as Rav Shimon Bar Yochai teaches us. And it's it's a hard balance because of course we have to make set times for Torah learning, um, but and we have to grow. But at the same time, we also have to make set time for connecting to people, for bringing that Torah into the world. Um, you know, I remember a story about Rav Aaron Cutler, who was of course in the Misnagid uh, students of the Vilna Nagon. but uh, Shlomo recounts how he used to always thank everyone with sincerity, and once he was driving over a toll booth, remember he used to have those things where you pay a a quarter to get over the toll booth, and he kept driving, and then 20 minutes later he realized, shoot, I forgot to thank the man in the toll booth because I was so immersed in my learning, and so he went back the entire way, and he went and thanked the man in the toll booth. So that's the idea that the Torah has to lead us to a Greater connection to other people. It's fila that we do ask to make us more deeply connected to other people, and chas v'shelim Um And that's uh, not move on me love, but that's the derech of chasidus, more Torah, more love. Uh, you know, here in the army, it's always a balance because I, I do try to spend my free time uh, often in the base medrash. Of course, there's plenty of, of smiles and friendliness you can exude just in the base medrash itself. But, you know, sometimes I'll try to, you know, just make extra time to just be with the Hebra, be it uh, playing Frisbee or just eating dinner with the Hebra, saying, and usually uh, if, you, if you're holy, uh, people ask Torah, you know, it, the, the conversation is geared towards positivity in Torah. And, and, and if you're strong in your chassidus, in your, in your connection to Hashem, it, it, holy people gravitate towards you and you don't have to go down to their standards. So we should never go down to, to lower standards. But, um, but there is a big union of being with the people and Torah not disconnecting us from other people. I remember once uh, I was schlepping tables uh, to my Shabbos meal and there was a guy who, uh, who was learning and I really needed help. And I asked him for help because Shabbos is coming. And he was like, mm, if you have no one else. At that point, I'm like, you know what? I don't really want your help so much if, if that's your attitude. If you don't really want to do help me, but you're, you'll do it if, if I guilt you into it, then uh, forget it. It's no fun. You have to find a way of bringing that Torah and the Chesed and the love together. I think that's the message uh, of the first uh, story, and bless uh, us to find that balance. Story number two. Um, I, heard, I heard this from and a few of the stories from Adrasha in Machon Meir. I forgot the name of the rabbi, but great, great a great job he did so once during this time period when the altar Rebbe was stuck in prison so there was a security guard there who was a jew but he was a secular jew he had lost the path but he had an education in torah and the security guard could see the holiness of the Rebbe. he decided to approach him and say Rebbe, i don't understand i have a question you jews especially you Hasidim, you guys well, he's Jewish, but you religious Jews, you believe that everything that happens is from Hashem, right? And God knows everything, right? So why does Hashem ask Adam after he did the sin of eating from the fruit, Ayeka, where are you? Doesn't God know where he was? Why did he have to ask him? The rabbi looks at him with his piercing eyes and he says, when it says Ayeka, he's not asking where are you physically? He's asking, Where are you spiritually, Adam? Where are you? And he looked at him and he said, Even if someone's 48 years old, ask himself, Where am I moving in life? And of course, the prison guard happened to be 48 years old. And he was so moved by this moment of connection with the rabbi that he decided to be Chosei Bechuva, to go back to his roots in Torah and Mitzvah. And I think the, the greater concept that this story is trying to convey is that in life, we have to always be moving, like the ladder of Yaakov Avinu, and Chassidus is stressing this, not just about did I learn my Torah, check, did I daven, check, but am I growing in my Avodah Hashem? Is there something I'm working on? Am I different today than I was yesterday? Did something move me? And that's, uh, you know, that's the Jewish people. We're always moving, we're always growing. Some people are Hashem programs them. They're kind of uh, they're just chilling. They're okay, but that's not the Jew. Certainly not they're not here in Israel. I can see that people, mamish, want to want to do stuff, and that's I guess the hard thing. And you know, we we have that part of our neshama that always wants to accomplish, but uh, that's uh, that's the nature of yid, and uh, I think that's what this story is trying to conv- convey. Besides, for that, for the fact that just the ashkacha uh, Pratis, that it happened to be that this. Prison guard, you know, and the Rebbe met because the Rebbe went to prison. So I think what the Rebbe was doing was transforming a hard situation into a good situation, which is something that I have seen from all the Rebbe's. I saw, see this in the stories about Rav Shalom Karbach, that no matter how challenging the situation is, he's stuck in the rain, walking for 10 hours to his Shabbos meal. He would sing, he would dance, he would bring people up. And certainly something that I uh, am trying to do here in this war in this army base sometimes it can get the people bring us down but the key is to recognize whatever situation you're in that's exactly the situation uh, that Hashem has sent us into so again story number one we need to care about our fellow Jews the Torah has to bring us to more empathy to more love not to disconnect um, story number two um, is about the power of always moving in our Avod Sashem. Has There's many, many Hasidic stories related to these Alta Rebbe stories. And I hope to share them at some point because we're Hashem. But uh, we're sticking just with it. I'm trying to make it short and sweet, so we're sticking with Alta Rebbe stories today. Alright, story number three. Once, the Alta Rebbe for some reason was stuck in Minsk. Now in Minsk, it was a Vilnagoan town. It was a misnagid town. It was, a, it was an anti-Hasidic town. And uh, Misnagin decided to corner the Rebbe. And when he went to Shul, they decided they wanted to ask him questions. And they prepared very, very well all of their questions on Hasidus. I don't know exactly what the questions were. But you can imagine. Why do you dance and sing so much in davening? Why do you... Isn't it Bittor Torah? Why do people wake up late for davening? I don't know. Why don't you eat is Etc. Etc. Who knows? What's the deal with all the mashke? Again, there are lots of questions. And um, the rabbi just looked at them, and he said, "Before I answer your question, we need to sing a, a niggin. And the truth is, I don't know exactly what niggin it was, but we can pretend. And this went on for a very long time until by the end of all the singing, Ms. Nagdan said, we don't have any more questions, Rebbe. We understand. And they let him go. And many were even connected to the path of Chassidus to this encounter. So what's the lesson that we're supposed to draw from this Hasidic story. I think the lesson is clear that while it's extremely important to have use our brains and be rational and ask questions, use our brain that Hashem gave us, it's also extremely important to experience Judaism experientially, through music. The Rebbe himself composed many songs and the Nigin connects our heart to HaKadosh Baruch And often, that is the real answer often the intellectual questions are only coming from a disconnect in our heart. But if our hearts are connected to HaKadosh Baruch that which is also a true avodas HaShem, and many of those questions dissipate. They go away. So, Be'ezrat HaShem. You know, that's why we try to sing a niggin as often as we can during tefillah, during learning, before after. Connect our hearts and our brains to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, I want to end off with a personal story. Um... So, I've shared this story before, but it really touched my heart. A few years back, I think about five years ago, I was on a Hasidic Rebbe pilgrimage with the Shlomo Katz. So, a lot of Hashkacha brought is how I got there. Shlomo was leading it. And we would go from Rebbe to Rebbe in this short trip. We went to Rebbe Nachman and Uman. went to Rebbe Levi Yitzchak in Berdichev. went to Rebbe Natan. All across Russia, etc., and finally, we were going to uh, the birthplace of the Altareb. Of course, we went to the Baal Shem Tov in Medbej. and we were we were ending our trip kind of by the Alter And it was a very very long trip, and we had a lot of extra time. So on the bus in the back, me and and three guys, uh, two of them were from Chicago. I forget the their names. Maybe they're listening out there. We run into each other here and then, and they uh, we would learn. And we would take out the daily learning um, each day. But before we started learning, I asked a, I guess, heretical question. I asked, why are we going to visit all of these Kvarim? I mean, honestly, don't we believe the Neshama's in Shamayim in a very high place? Like, why do we need to go to the physical place where they died? What's going on here? And everyone like, thought I was a little crazy because we're on a Hasidic trip. Like, that's the whole Indian. They didn't really understand. And um, anyways, it was like an awkward silence. And we said, okay, let's move on. We opened up the daily learning. And guess what? The Alter Rebbe was teaching in the Tanya about why we go visit Sadiqim in their physical graves when their souls are not different place. And he spoke about how the neshama of the nifter is still somewhere connected to the body. Since the soul and the body were like teammates in this world, they're always connected. And this is a place to connect to the tzaddik and to hopefully have our be in, a, in a, with an extra schuss, etc., etc. But to me, the Hashkacha protest is unbelievable. It's like Hashem was directly speaking to me through the altar ever. And... I guess the lesson I took out of that is when you're sincere. My question was sincere. I wasn't asking to, be, to make problems. I, I genuinely wanted to know the answer. When you're sincere to your questions, through the Torah, the hidden light is revealed and Hashem will speak to us through our tzaddikim, through the holy souls, which uh, get involved, I guess, uh, in the heavenly realms and help us uh, to get answers to our questions. So Hashem should bless everyone with a uh, beautiful Yad Kislev on Friday night. Get yourself into the mood. Learn this now. And uh, I'll be in my booth in the army, having my Shabbos meal and Yad Kislev and uh, singing, Bezrat Hashem. And uh, Bezrat Hashem. Hashem should end all the Gezeros that are on all of Am You should see Nisim, Gruim, and the wellsprings of Torah and Simcha should go out to the whole Jewish people, Ezer Hashem, the scus of all the, the Alt Reb and all the Tzaddikim. <laughs> Good job, Good job, Is. That Nigin was, of course, composed by the Aldeleba. Have a great day.